Oh yes, this is the Hardcore Marketing Show. I'm Casey Cheshire, your host for this epic journey. Today's show is sponsored by Ringmaster on a mission to launch B2B podcasts that create relationships, generate revenue, and drive growth. Ringmasterlive.com. Bam. And there it is. We are recording. Oh my gosh. The dams have broken open and it's flooding amazingness here. I can't wait to introduce you all to my guest today. I'm really excited about this. We've been scheduling this for a long time. There have been continents have shifted in between the, the first episode or the first conversation and the last conversation. This is a worldwide uh, famous intercontinental person I want to introduce you to today. Who is she? What is she doing? She's a marketing thought leader, an entrepreneur, a branding expert, writer, speaker. In fact, she's a personal branding coach to the stars, to entrepreneurs, and to just absolute badasses. And it's all really about building visibility and authority to create more impact and revenue. I mean, who, who can argue with that? I certainly can't. And you know what? Who couldn't use some personal branding, whether you are just getting into marketing and you need to bump that career to the next level, or you are a CMO and you're looking for that next position or a fellow entrepreneur or whatnot. We can all benefit from branding. So who better learn from than a top 20 listed expert to watch in 2022 uh, from Australia, now in the UK, founder of Hudson Digital, founder of Avander, Managed CRM and marketing services. Interesting. Louise Booth, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's great to be here. You know, I almost lost myself in your introduction. I almost didn't come back because there's just so many things you're doing. I don't know how you keep track of it all. Yeah, I don't know. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> well, that, and that's what that's the difference, right? Is if you're having fun, it's a passion. You can make sure it happens. So with that, I'm going to pass you the fun and passion from this end of the pond here all the way through your computer into the UK here ugh, is Thor's hammer. Can you want to grab that? Can you uh, reach out? You got it. All right. There you go. All right. Take Thor's hammer for me and smash some kind of marketing myth, bogus strategy, misconception, set the record straight once and for all. Okay. So I think a lot of businesses focus on corporate brand strategy which is not wrong, but I think when you're in a saturated market or in a market where you're finding marketing to be a struggle, I think what's really missing is this, the benefit of personal branding. So not enough small businesses and medium-sized businesses really consider the value of personal branding. They think it's something that actors and musicians do or influencers on Instagram, or um, you know, that's for people like uh, Richard Branson, and they're missing this huge opportunity to actually be building and leveraging their personal brand to differentiate and grow their business. And underneath that, like there's a couple of other layers. Um, one that I find really exciting is that corporate executives, people that are working for a company are not even considering personal branding for themselves. And, you know, considering I had a corporate career of like 17 years, if I'd known about that back then, I think my career trajectory would have been very different. So that's sort of not even on the radar for many corporate executives. Um, we should talk about that. Let, let's, yeah. let's like sort of pause there because I know there's okay. so many things to learn from you today. And I think this is actually perfect because I had a great conversation with uh, Martin Toma all about corporate branding. Like we literally had that a couple episodes ago. So this is like a okay. perfect companion. It's like, yes, that is good. Like ha have, have that. But then we're all missing out on this other thing, right? We're missing out on that. There are actually individuals and companies and we all have this, a lot of us have this mental block of like, well, I'm not on TikTok doing the beach challenge. So I don't really need to do this personal branding thing. We have it wrong. Like I'm not Richard Branson cross-dressing on a Virgin Atlantic flight, you know, it, but we, we have these misconceptions. So am I getting from you that really everyone should be doing this or, or, or if not everyone who? Yeah, I think at the moment, yeah, I think, okay, there's two sides to it. I think if you're, if you're working for a business, then yes, because your career strategy, your career directory is, is trajectory is your responsibility and building a personal brand. If you're in a position, and, and I think we, we're kind of familiar with this, if you get to a certain level of management where there's less roles available, the more senior you become, and there's more competition. So if you go through the standard route of, I'm just going to go to jobs boards, apply for jobs, be one of many CVs, 
then you're really missing out because if you built your personal brand, if you built your visibility online and your credibility, opportunities could just come to you. Headhunters, other CEOs see you online and they, they're interested in talking to you. And that's when you get to go, rather than just competing for an off-the-shelf job, you can actually define what you want to be doing as a position within a business. Oh, and, I love this. This reminds yeah. me of like the whole conversation around inbound marketing, right? Inbound, outbound marketing. We're always yeah. doing the outbound. If you set up yourself for some success with some content and all these other things, lo and behold, you have the people coming to you. It sounds like the same thing yeah. in your career. You're constantly just blasting Indeed with resumes and trying to hope that they get through. Maybe flip it around. You have people reaching out to you directly. Yeah, exactly. So that like that's one area that's uh, really amazing. But then thinking about companies that you might want to work for, how are you going to approach a company they go and look you up on LinkedIn or they try and find out about you and there's nothing there. It's, it's going to be hard to get that phone call or that meeting with them. If they see that you run events or you're sharing your expertise online, they're going to get a measure of you and they're more likely to be open to you. And, and the reason I mention this is because I have clients where I help them do this. They're like, I know I really want to pitch to this company, but if you look at me online, there's nothing about me. How do I build my personal brand and build that credibility and that foundation first before I start approaching a business that I want to work for? So that's really exciting. The other side of personal branding and career is if you are the business owner thinking about what if you help your team build their personal brand, experts within your business, sales team, um, that could make a big difference. And I'll give you an example. I had a client where they were running LinkedIn ads and they weren't getting any results. And I came in and I said, you've got an expert who's a strategist. Let's build his personal brand. Let's, instead of selling in our ads, we'll actually create video content, share education, share expertise. And essentially we did that in the ads and it ended up being that we generated, you know, $1.7 million in revenue from those ads. But it was just a complete shift. It was personal branding rather than just direct sales in ads. It makes total sense. People don't want to yeah. see an ad. They really don't. But it, there's yeah. here's someone who's thoughtful, has been there before, and it can teach you something. We want it, We want to hear from those people. And, and wow, that company shifted from instead of being about us, me, me, me. It's about here's somebody. Here's somebody in our company. Here's someone that can teach. Yeah. And oh, I love that. And that 1.7 yeah. million though, huh? It's, that's pretty good. It's hard to argue with that number. Yeah. And then and they feel more comfortable doing it, right? They're enjoying yeah. it. They're enjoying sharing their expertise. They're ensuring, uh, enjoying the interaction with people that come through. So it, it feels I'm good sold. for the business as well. Yeah. Oh, 100%, right? $1.7 million worth. And that was probably, you know, what was it, a year ago? I mean, they're probably even bigger numbers yeah. now. Not that one isn't enough. 1.7 million yeah. is great. So I'm convinced. How, how, how do you, do you need to start it? Where do you start? Like, is there a, a place to go or are there certain things you got to think about in order to create that? Yeah. So I think the other kind of myth in personal branding is people just think it's your LinkedIn profile or you just need to be an author or you just need to run a podcast and that's your personal brand. And there's actually a bit of strategy behind it. So to give you another example, I was working with a business coach and when he went to his website, he had been featured in all of these publications online. But when you looked at his website, you didn't really know what he does or who he could help. So you can't just jump straight into, well, I'll just do a bunch of PR and I'll be featured in all of these major names. And then that's the job done. Like there has to be a strategy behind it. And there's certain things that have to be done in the right order. Hmm. So um, there's a few steps like that I take clients through to help them build their personal brand. Are you going to share with us your super yeah. secret steps? I'm going to go through them. Let's do this. Um, Actually, there was a couple of things I wanted to mention beforehand because I have oh, some yeah. stats that oh, I thought yeah, would be yeah. really exciting I to love share. Stats. So I did this exercise where I looked at how many social media followers a corporate brand had versus a personal brand. Now, this is done like a year ago. And so the numbers okay. aren't going to, they're probably higher now. But so Virgin had around 1.2 million followers. Richard Branson had 4.6 million. Wait, Space say that number X. again. I'm going to write that down. So there's 1.2 million for Virgin. And this is me going across all Virgin's profiles and adding them all up. Okay. And then Richard Branson had 4.6 million followers. One person, one profile. Yeah, and wow. SpaceX, 10.9 million on Instagram. Elon Musk, 63.6 million on Twitter. Wait, 63? Yeah. Oh, wow. 
Vayner Media, 232,000 on Instagram. Gary Vaynerchuk, 9.3 million. Yeah. So it just kind of shows the power of how people connect with people rather than with a brand, with a corporate brand. Love that. Love those numbers. It, it illustrates it. And it, anyone could look at theirs, you know, today. Um, you know, I, and I've seen that too. I would just like company, you know, who do, who even follows company accounts? I guess a couple of million people do, but for the most yeah. part, you know, I'm thinking of my own you know, consumption on LinkedIn. I'm following people and not really companies, even though I'm trying to get people to follow my company when I'm like, not really the people are what, what really does it. And then when you look at the algorithm on social media, because clients always say to me, what should I be posting on my business page on LinkedIn? I'm like, don't focus on that. Focus on your personal pages because the algorithm is in LinkedIn is set up that if you post on a personal page, it's going to reach more people than a corporate brand page anyway. So it's set up for people interaction, not business interaction. Yeah. Those corporate brand pages on LinkedIn, it's like, what are they even used for? Right. Just tagging, I suppose, yeah. and, and aggregating content, but really you're right. It's, it's individual consumption that happens. Yeah. Great point. So, yeah. So in terms of the strategy then for personal branding, um, I have this kind of formula, which is reach times credibility equals business growth or career growth. So the two parts are very simple, obviously reach. Like if, if people don't know about you, they can't buy from you. And that's the same for a corporate executive as well. And then credibility that you built that trust and likability um, for people to want to work with you. So in terms of the steps for me, and this is where I feel like personal branding, and I'm sure you, you agree with this, like I try not to separate things out or silo areas of business, but personal branding connects into corporate branding and business strategy. Like they're not, they're all intertwined. They're not separate. Make, so. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Like, like I said before, you can't just go straight to being featured in the press if we're not clear on what you're selling or what problem you're solving. So for me, value proposition like, what is, your, what is the problem you're solving? Who are you solving it for? What are you actually selling? Has to be really clear, compelling, relevant, and differentiated. So like a personal value prop? No, like what you're selling as a business. So like if oh, you're okay. a business and you're like financial planner, even if we're building your personal brand, we still need to know that what problem you're solving. Does that make sense? Yeah, so you this infuse is where it, it kind it of the, yeah, okay. It's fused in with the corporate brand essentially. Got it. So the personal brand can can borrow some from the corporate to be able to say, okay, as a, as a team, this is what we do. So let me borrow some of that. Yeah, exactly. So that has to be really clear first. So when okay. I like when I work with clients, they might say, and a lot of I guess my clients, some of them are large organizations, but some of them are the figurehead for their business already. Like they're a smaller business. Um, I'm going to talk to them about their value proposition. Why, like, why would someone buy from you? And it's always going to start with the different layers. So the first layer is going to be the product. Like, what are you actually, what problem are you solving? And are you solving a problem that no one else is solving? Because that's like game over then. It's like, if you're solving a problem that no one else is solving, I don't even think you need to do much of marketing effort at all. It will just sell itself. And I have a client like that who built um, a tech, a piece of tech for insurance brokers. Yeah. And he's like, I just have to put one ad in an insurance publication and I'm booked up for months because it's Jeez. no one else is solving that problem. So I get it. Okay. I was like, how does yeah. that happen? But yeah, if yeah. you're the only one that does that. If you're the only one that does it, like when I, um, I had another marketing agency that only did marketing for um, providers of disability services, okay. but no one else is serving that niche. Right. In the way that I do, which is like, I, I actually worked in the industry, so I know it. So I could just do a cold email campaign and I'm going to get like an 80% response rate because so I have, you know, if there's a way that we can find a blue ocean opportunity for you, for yeah. what you, the problem you solve, which could be solving a problem that's not solved, solving it in a different way, um, entering into a vertical or a niche. Um, then if all of those are kind of exhausted and we're like, look, I'm just, you know, a business where it's just, it is what it is. I'm an accountant. I can't do anything new or different. And I'm at the top of my game. And so is the rest of my competitors and we can't be better. 
then I'm going to be looking at the marketing. And that's where I say personal branding can make a difference. hundred percent, right? Because yeah. there's definitely a way to differentiate. Hey, a bunch of CFOs, you think, oh, it's just numbers. And it's, it's oh, we're regulated. So we can't, no, no, no. There's, you know, I'm even, you know, fractional, CF, fractional CFO who works with professional service companies. Whoa, suddenly now you've got, or not, or SaaS companies or something. I'm sure there's some pattern that can happen. And just that, that little extra makes you irresistible to that particular kind of buyer. Yeah, 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 exactly right. So part of what I do is that foundation, which is, and some clients have shifted their business strategy. They're like, you know what? I am going to pivot into a niche because I can see now that it's untapped and it's going to be so easy for me to pitch people because I know that it's just going to be snapped up. Like, obviously those wins are great, but otherwise we're going to be looking at their personal brand and going, what do you bring to the table? There is only one of you. So your brand is going to be unique if you're the figurehead of it. Right. No one's, there's not, not another you out there. And so that's where personal branding can jump in and it bring, builds an emotional connection with people as well. Cause they get to see you rather than you being hidden behind the business. So, so we, is the starting point then the value prop? Yeah. So the, okay. the that's step number one. It's like, really what clear can on I, how can I help you kind of thing? Yeah. How okay. do I, like how you help people I have to be super clear on that. Um, and that has to be compelling. Then the next phase. Do you have to pick go, one as an individual? Sorry. Do you have to pick one? I know companies were making them have to do more as, as much of a niche as they can, but as an individual, do you have to, it's probably better if you do too. I think it still needs to be clear that like, yeah. you're offering something of value that's actually quality. Cause you know what it's like if you do marketing and you oversell something and then people experience it and they're like, wow, that wasn't yeah. what I thought it was going to be. I've, yeah. I've experienced that. Yeah. Um, do you recommend people are then, you know, a leader in B2B marketing or uh, B2B okay, so I'll, SaaS? Or, I'll, I'll share with you like how I, how I do it with them. Okay? Yeah, please. So I, I've worked a lot in a startup and agile kind of communities and I like learn a lot from them and how they build come up with new products and new business ideas and so basically one of the one of the strategies that I use is um looking at what are the the problems and the challenges that your clients face before they use your product or service and after they use your product or service all the way through I list out all of the problems they face so if someone comes to you for one particular job let's say you were an accountant and then a problem that clients had was um, that they need a finance broker, that they need to, they need financing, a commercial loan or something. Well, it's not something right. that you offer, but it's a problem that they have. Then you could have a network of finance brokers that you recommend to them. So you're kind of looking at ways you could extend the solution that you offer by looking at all of the problems so that you're expanding what you offer. Then I might look at um, what do they want? What do they expect minimum from you as a service offering? So I expect you to do this. Like I buy an iPhone, I expect that the phone works and I can make a phone call. That's right. it, the basic thing. Then uh, the next level up is um, what would, you know, what, what else do I kind of expect as the next level is I expect to be able to text and do all these other things on the iPhone. Then it's like, what? Okay, so it does everything. It meets all the expectations that you had when you bought it. You're happy with it. But what would you like to have that's not been included? What would be really nice that's not currently available? Right. And then the last part of it is what would your clients like and they'd never think of it? Like a, like a wowie surprise kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I do. And then, so I, and then another exercise I do is like, okay. Um, so on the top, like imagine like um, on the top line, like an equation on the top line, you've got, Customers want to know that this thing that you offer solves a problem. And then they want to know that there's a high propensity that you will actually solve the problem if they hire you. So that's the kind right. of trust thing at the top. And then underneath, they want to know if it can be done in less time for less money or less effort on their part. So when you think about your positioning and go, where are you positioning yourself? So right. like for Amazon, it's like less time, less effort. It's one click purchase. It's going to arrive same day or next day. So they've kind of looked at where they want to play in that equation i mean you can't do all of it but you pick so this is kind of like different ways to look at what you offer i totally makes sense i love that list too because it gives you different approaches you can think about not only solving their pain but things that they haven't even thought of that would be even better and then there's just those little wow moments that 
you know, they certainly haven't taught it, but would really set you apart from everyone yeah. else. Yeah. So that's the first phase phase is the value proposition. Okay. Then we start to move into the, the personal brand identity. So okay. with this, I kind of take people through the personal brand archetypes. So the archetypes I've identified are influencer, celebrity entertainer, celebrity authority, and curator. Now, it's not saying that you just pick one of them. You can, I encourage my clients to have them be across multiple of them. But typically yeah, when my- I have influencer, so, celebrity, influ- entertainer. Celebrity authority and curator. Interesting. So influence okay. is pretty obvious. That's like the Instagram influencer. We, we know what that is. Celebrity. Well, don't you explain like, that too, though, because maybe I don't okay. know what that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So influencer. I mean, I've seen is like, people, but you know. Yeah, someone someone that's an influencer is kind of setting setting a trend or setting an inspiration for certain aspects of their life. So influencer could be someone that, um, for me, an influencer could be someone that's like into fashion or, or sharing fashion ideas or sharing interior design ideas with people on Instagram. But you could also say that I've seen dentists that are really high end, do really intricate surgeries, and they have a ton of dentists follow them where they're learning from him. He's an influencer because he's influencing other dentists within the industry, for example. Okay. So the key part is that you're getting them to do something different, but it almost sounds like you're just, you're, you're sharing ideas and inspiring people with your own inspiring them, learning from them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, celebrity entertainers, like a movie star or a singer or something, but entertainment doesn't always have to be funny or fun. That can be inspiration. So I say to clients, think about celebrity entertainer as, and you don't always need your content to be educational. You can inspire them or be humorous if that fits with your brand. Cause we don't want to be serious all the time. Otherwise everything becomes a bit too academic. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. And then. Celebrity authority is exactly as you imagine. It's you sharing content, ideas, thoughts, thought leadership, education, and you're this sort of celebrity authority or building that authority in the market. What's the difference between that and the influencer? Um, Influencer doesn't necessarily need to be educational, I suppose. I think that this third one is more educational-led or slightly more academic than an influencer, but they are really close. But for me, like an influencer is really trying to um, inspire others in a certain lifestyle or way of life potentially. Whereas um, authority is really could just be someone writes a book and shares their education. Or Almost like showing versus and like teaching and showing like, I'm here to tell you versus I'm just going to go do it and watch. Me. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's the difference. Makes sense. And then the last one, a curator, which essentially what you're doing right now is I don't always need to have the answers, but I can interview other people or I can pull together statistics or I can do my own research and share that. And that for me, I say to my clients, takes the pressure off you. You don't always have to be the one coming up with the content. You can be a complete idiot and run a podcast, but learn a lot. Oh, but it's, it still builds your credibility a lot as well. Sure. Sure. Because ideally you're asking the questions that everyone else is like, help me learn. And if, if I was mm. so smart that I didn't need to ask any questions whatsoever, and we like, we just went through it in like five seconds, then people left going like, yeah, but I had like four questions and you didn't ask them, you know? So I, ta- I like to ask the questions on behalf of everyone, including myself. Yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah. Okay. So we got the four different types. So, so archetypes. you should really think about which one you want to be in this mm-hmm. next stage here, in this next phase. Yeah. So think about like how you want to present yourself online. And this is all really personal depending on, you know, the kind of business that you have as well. Yeah. And then the next bit that I talk about is the reputation diamond, which is how are we going to build your reputation online? And there's four main areas of this diamond. The first one is authority. So that makes sense, right? Authority. So you're putting out content that's demonstrating your expertise in one way. You're curating it or you're writing it yourself or you're speaking it or you're presenting it on video um, it could be, uh, you write a book. It could be, you speak, it could be you interviewed on a podcast. It could be blog posts, social media content. It could just be quotes, anything like that. Okay. So that's authority. So 
usually when I go through this diamond, people can see where they're maybe heavy in one area and very light in another. So that's the authority side. And obviously like there's the, you know, the, the opportunity is you could create one long form piece of content and then break it up into smaller pieces and use it in different places. So you've got the opportunity with content that it can be used in many places at once. Got it. Okay. So you know what I mean? You could write blog posts and then a year of blog posts could be a book. Yeah. Repurpose them all. And yeah. yeah. Be smart. Be smart about it. Totally makes sense. Yeah, exactly. And then credibility is someone outside of me has endorsed me. So it could be that you won awards. You've been featured in the press. You've been interviewed on Sunrise TV. Um, you, uh, you know, this one, this one's a bit of a funny one, but you um, went to a Tony Robbins event and you got a photo with Tony Robbins. The fact that you're standing next to Tony Robbins kind of adds more credibility to you. You see a lot of people do that on social media. Totally. And it's, it's only <laughs> like a thousand dollar discount to his charity. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's credibility. The next one is trust. Okay. And while I know that the same, the, they might seem quite similar, the difference between credibility and trust is trust is a bit more internal. It's like trust is you have a professional looking brand design and you have a consistency with the way your brand and the way you position yourself. So there's yeah, what's great about this through. list is it sounds a lot like the kind of things you do for a landing page or for any kind of campaign where you're thinking about the different ways you can present the company to someone else. And we're thinking now we're thinking of presenting yourself to someone else. And we're thinking of the same thing. It's like, it's not yeah. we're reinventing marketing. We're, we're using marketing, but now for a personal brand. It's really cool. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So it is it's essentially very, very similar. So then trust is, uh, customer testimonials, Google reviews. Um, yeah. Like your brand consistency that all builds trust with people. And that's, you know, that's critical. And I think the video testimonials or even for some clients, I'm like, just if you can get your customers to do a selfie with whatever they just purchased and anything where we can just build that trust that someone's going to look at it and go, someone just like me got a result with this business builds a lot of trust. Totally. Yeah. And the last one, and this is where almost all of my clients fall down, okay. is um, connection, emotional connection. So, you know, where, what do you do in your spare time? You know, like everyone would love to spend the morning with their favorite actor and see what his morning routine is. Or, you know, like, a, you know, what does Bill Gates do in the morning? Like it's, it's connection. People want to know what you're about in your spare time. Do you have a dog? Do you cycle? Is just showing a bit of a flavor of you so that people, you know, that weird thing where people see you online all the time and they feel like they know you, but you've never met them before. It's that emotional connection that they get. Yeah. It, so how do you build that? Just within your social media, just sharing a bit about yourself. Oh, I get it. Don't just yeah, be it's more like in a, a complete social media robot kind of for the content, yeah. you know, share a little bit of that personal flavor in there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, what I think works really well is share things that haven't worked out, share your personal victories. Like when I, I posted about how I, you know, I started my business. I mean, I started my business a couple of years ago and how, you know, it was really hard in the beginning. And then I got to this, a really successful milestone. And I put that on LinkedIn and it went viral because people love those success stories and love seeing people that have overcome adversity or, you know, you could talk about client without naming them. You could talk about clients that you've helped overcome adversity. It's those stories, I think. So personal connection can be storytelling as well. That can be really Love powerful. That. Love that storytelling. Okay. And this diamond, considering this diamond is how you really start putting weight behind all that planning you've done. Now it's time to go. And these are the four quadrants you're thinking about. Yeah. So then once we've done that kind of audit, we can kind of see the gaps and then we can start building the strategy. And so for me, like personal brand strategy means we have a plan, we have a vision, like, you know, where, like if your personal brands for your whole career, yeah, you may shift careers or something, but your personal brand is for your full career. You know, what are some things that you would like to achieve within it? Like some clients are like, you know what, I would like to write a book in three years time, or I would like to speak on TEDx. That's fine. Then we need to work out what we need to do now so that you're ready to do that and have a bit of a plan behind it. Otherwise, everything's a bit ad hoc. Right. And maybe you did a bit of PR and then you didn't do anything for three years. And then you're like, oh yeah, I should really do some PR. Like you got to have a plan for it. 
Right. Like a marketing plan, essentially. Yeah, like a marketing plan. Yeah. (laughs) Where do people go wrong with this? What are are the most common mistakes you see when people try to execute on all this? Uh, The biggest one really is that people just get afraid to put themselves out there, to be honest. They just procrastinate on it or they just don't do it. Yeah. Um, Or they just do it ad hoc. Um. Because it's hard, right? I get it. Like I'm very introverted, and I know how hard it is for to you know record video and or put pictures of yourself out there. But it's hard to build a personal brand if you're not visible. If people can't see you, you can't just do text posts all the time. Or you know, people need to see your face right. to build that connection. So I think that's probably the biggest stumbling block is that. And the other one is just people honestly just not realizing that this is available to them. And that everyone can be doing it. It is available. Everyone can be doing it. I love that. Okay. I think what drives me crazy is the, is the sort of the fakers, right? The, mm. they, they, you can follow these strategies, but if you're a jerk, then it just reflects in that. So you really have to be yourself, you know, be authentic be you yeah authenticity is key and you know not every and I think that everyone's worried about like well what if people see me and then they don't like me but there's that kind of law of resonance which is people you know people are going to resonate with certain people so I might say something and then someone else might talk about personal branding and say the exact same thing as me but they said it in a slightly different way and it resonated with some other people when didn't resonate with how I said it so you're not going to be attractive to everyone and I always try and make sure my clients are really clear that be really clear about who you don't want as a client who do you want to repel not just who do you want to attract because we don't want to be connecting with everyone perfect yeah so good (laughs) so good okay so the next phase is your body of work there's more like I feel like I'd probably be cooking at this point I'm totally for this Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sweet. So the next phase is the content strategy. So every brand has content, whether it's just a website, whatever, everyone has content. You need to have like a body of work Right. and where people go wrong. So like where people go wrong, they go wrong with being part of the noise in the market. And if Mm. you want to cut through with your content, you need to have a single minded message, an overarching message that is connected to you. So when you see me, you think personal branding. When you see McDonald's, you think burger and fries. When you, so you can't just be like, you see me and you're like, does she talk about websites? Does she talk about this or that? Like it has to be very single-minded that you're known for one thing and your whole content strategy falls out under that. And another thing people get stuck with is I don't know what to say in social media. I feel like I've exhausted everything. If you have a strategy, a framework you will never run out of things to speak about. And I actually learned this when I worked in a large bank. They had these pillars of content. So they're never always talking about the same thing. And you can just drill down. So I have my clients go fill out these pillars. There could be like chapters of a book. If I was going to help someone get from where they are to their future desired state, what problems would we need to solve or what milestones would they need to go through? And each milestone is then a, a basically a pillar and then under each pillar you break it down into steps and then under each step you build out content so i recommend never having more than like four or but between three and five pillars and one pillar should be the emotional connection one so that would be storytelling personal stories customer testimonials and the other pillars are solving solving their problem and then with some clients we might map out the next six to nine months of content in that framework and then she can do it or she can hand it to a copywriter and they can do it. But the content's kind of set. Love this. Okay, cool. Uh, I mean, these, these is what, this is what marketers need, even for companies or for personal. The idea of the pillars, which I've heard about, but not as specific as make one an emotional pillar and make one and make the other ones more of the rational attacking, helping solve the problem. The other thing that I do, because I think, you know, we see this a lot in the market and it kind of adds to the noise. It's kind of fluffy posts where someone reads something or an article or they read a book and I'm like, I really got no value out of that. I don't even know what they were trying to tell right. me. So when I create a post, I have like 
what is the problem that we're solving if we're if it's a problem solving piece what am I saying and what is the outcome what should that person walk away from after reading that piece of content Mm -hmm. is it like a different perspective on something is it challenging their current viewpoint is it helping them better articulate their problem or is actually giving them strategies that could something they could go away and implement or is it funny and I want them to feel lighthearted and you know happy right but at least I'm going into every piece with that kind of outcome in mind yeah it's like that you're being intentional about it you're not just sort of going with the fuzzies like you're you're picking it out ahead of time and you've got pillars to keep you strong and then you're picking things off i think so many times we just kind of wing it and then we're constantly like slipping backwards on the ice because we never quite get traction yeah and also i think if you write a piece if you do a lead magnet or you write a piece of content and then someone doesn't get any value out of it what has that done for your brand it's probably damaged your brand rather than helped you Right. So I always have that in mind as well. Has it helped you? I can see it's very clear that not only do you know personal branding, but you know marketing. Like this, this is great. Are you writing a book? Are you finishing <laughs> one? Are you going to have I'm, a book? One day, yeah. One you have day time I'll... for a book. I don't even know. Yeah. And then the last, the last phase is reach because we talked about this right. There's the another beginning. phase. Yeah, this is the fourth phase. Is reach? No. Oh, I thought fourth phase was content strategy. So what did we do? We did a value proposition. We did brand identity, content strategy, and reach. They're the four. Oh, uh, okay. A brand identity. Okay. Brand I, identity I was, was quite long. The, the brand identity. Oh, wait, wait, wait. So you have value prop, brand identity, content strategy, content strategy, and, and then. And then reach. Yeah. So reach is how am I going to get my brand out there? And personal branding is probably a bit more top of funnel. So I'm not going to be, I'm not saying you can't use Google ads, but I'm going to be talking more about um, speaking at events, being interviewed on a podcast. And what I have done is I've looked at all of these things. So uh, being featured in the press or guest posting or being a, um, an editor of a publication you know, going to trade shows and speaking, all of those things. And I put them in order of easy to hard. And actually, I think I had running a podcast as one of the hardest ones in terms of effort, like the amount of work that has to go into running a podcast if you're doing it yourself. Yeah. If you're doing it yourself, being interviewed on a podcast is less work than running a podcast. So that would, that kind of talks to the. True. Unless you're so working with e- Ringmaster. <laughs> yeah. so the easiest thing to do is social media content right like put out a post that's going to be the simplest way you could start building reach and awareness okay and then and then writing a book obviously on the list that's going to be a lot further down because writing a book takes quite a bit more work it does yeah Mm. so this is where we get we get everyone looped in on you know podcasting to build your personal brand yeah i guess if you're if you want to curate that's a great way to go I, th- I mean, I think it's amazing. I think podcasting is such an amazing channel because again, it's that engagement, they're hearing you speak or they're seeing you. And that is so much more powerful than just reading, I think. hundred percent. And I think if you have the right kind of show or the right host, or if you're the right kind of host where you throw things out there, uh, then you get that personal side as well. You get that emotional connection that you were talking about because then you're not always just talking shop like on this podcast where in a little bit, we're going to find out more about you. Um, so that gives you that rounded, you know, multiple mm. pillars, even in this one podcast episode. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Absolutely. What's your number one way of, of getting reach? That's a really good question. I, I hate to say it kind of depends on your industry. Right. As to what, you know, like it's not a one size fits all, like it's going to really depend on your industry. What's the best way. So I'll give you an example. Leadership coach only works with top tier brands. Think like McDonald's automotive brands, all of those that the senior HR leaders, she said to me, when we, we started working together, she's like, I can only reach the exact people I want to speak to who are the decision makers that would be able to work with me on these three events throughout the year. Mm. And I pay 15 to 20 grand to attend and speak at those events. And then it's just like, 
It's just her audience. And then, you know, she'll make like 50 or 60% of her revenue for the year just from attending those three events. Do you know what I mean? So that could be, it could be super niche like that. And she's like, don't tell me about this and that. I've tried all of it. I know over the last 30 years what works and this works. I'm like, that's fine. And then there's other industries where it could be more open. But what I really love is strategic partnerships as well. So doing things like this means, you know, I get it's a strategic partnership in a way. And I, I find them really powerful as well. A hundred percent. And I think that is another outcome of the brand is that you end up forming these great partnerships that last you through the years at, at all the different places you go, right? Multiple companies, multiple careers you might have. You might mm. still have those friends or community or partnerships that stick with you. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Well, I'd love to kind of pick your brain just for a real quick shift on here because this is there's a lot here and I'm actually going to need to like re-listen to this, but where do you like to learn from? Do you have a favorite book you're reading right now? Favorite podcast? Mm-hmm. Like we we're just chatting about what kind of places, where do you fill your brain? Yeah, that's really interesting. So I do, um, I do spend time talking to other marketers. Mm. That's really fun. So I, I, I'm in a lot of networking groups. I like networking. That's another great way for business growth is networking groups. Point, and yeah. so I'll often chat to them, to other marketers, SEO specialists or people that do other things and go, what do you see is working in the industry? Or what do you think is missing? And get their viewpoint. I find that. And so like listening to your podcast mm. is really fascinating as well. So I like that because I'm listening to other marketers and just seeing where my gaps are in terms of their experience. Right. So I love that. And then books, like I, um, I read a lot of books. Um, it's a mix between personal performance, like personal development and kind of strategy because strategy is so broad. It's like, sometimes I'm reading business strategy. Sometimes it's marketing strategy. Sometimes it's behavioral economics or psychology. Um, I think as a strategist, you have to be really, you have to read, really read around because then you can draw ideas from different places. And I'm part of a group called the account planning group, which is for strategists and planners that work in advertising agencies big advertising agencies okay and so i find that fascinating because they're strategists so they're solving problems like me but different kinds of problems for much larger organizations and they they had like um an event not long ago where um one of the senior strategists i think it was maybe at ogilvy or one of those big ones came on and talked about all of the frameworks he uses for problem solving with clients okay absolutely gold Wow. Actually, I have the deck. I can send it to you. Yeah, yeah, please do. It's just framework after framework after framework for problem solving. Oh, that'd be so good. Yeah, please, please do send that to me. Yeah. All right. Well, my next question really is like, who are you? Who are you? How do you know all these things? Can you take us back in time to little you days? Did you know you're going to be you know, a, a, a marketing expert and in, in a in a brand leader, like a branding celebrity, entertainer, authority, curator, all the things. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure when I was a kid, at some point I wanted to be a detective. And at some point I wanted to be an actor. And all the while my dad was running his own marketing consultancy. So he he started off as a graphic designer and typographer and then ran a communications a strategic marketing consultancy pre mm-hmm. you know back in the day he had like the first fax machine he was like faxing his clients he had the first cell phone he was like really like old school for my entire childhood and then and then who would who would have thought it that i went into marketing and my sister did as well so obviously you know influenced us so i did some sort of you know work experience with him and got you know must have rubbed off me that I saw how he worked and who he was working with he was very much more of a creative strategist oh sure. they'd write copywriting and things like this and then um and then I did an MBA and then after that I was like I think I'm gonna choose marketing <laughs> yeah and that's how it started and then I had the awful challenge of going I want to work in a big, a big advertising agency in London and no one will look at me not one recruiter will look at my CV no one will give me an opportunity. And I did all of the traditional ways of trying to break in, like um, just job application after job application, I'll work for free, I'll do all of this, no one. They're like, you don't have any experience. I'm sorry, I just can't take you. And um, 
I started hanging around in the pubs where all of the advertising people hang, hung out. Mm-hmm. And I met this guy working in this ad agency. And I'm like, how did you get the job? And he goes, I'll tell you what I did. I got my CV. I got a ladder. I broke a rung off the ladder. I wrapped my CV in it. I sent it out to all these advertising agencies and said, will you help me get onto the next rung of the career ladder? Mm. And I was like, that's such a great idea. So then I went back to my dad and I was like, I want to do a direct mail piece to advertising agencies, advertising myself. I suppose it was like early personal branding in a way, ironically. Right. So my dad was like, well, I can do the um, copywriting for you. And his designer could do the design. So they designed this like leaflet for me. And I sent it out to seven agencies um, around the UK and five of them offered me a job. Wow. Cool. That's cool. Five. It's like to go from no one's even taking your call to being like, okay, let's go. Now they're competing over you. Yeah. And of, and back then, I realized now, back then, sending out seven's not a very big number for the direct mail industry. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, it worked really well. So that's how I started my career <clears throat> in Manchester in an advertising agency. And then I came into London and pitched again in the advertising agency there. And then things kind of took off from there. Oh, geez. That's so good. Uh, and then, I mean, how, now draw the dots for me because then to now, your own your your own thing i mean what was it like to then branch out on your own and sort of take that leap you know what it was really scary because when you've been in corporate for so long you're kind of and at that at the point that i left i was running departments i wasn't really doing the day-to-day i was more strategic i suppose and then i got made redundant actually in covid and then i decided to set up my own business and you know i had no personal brand I had no network. I had no presence online because I'd only use LinkedIn for finding jobs. So I essentially had to, that's kind of how I came to understand personal branding the way I do now. I just started having to build my brand and my brand presence. And I realized that that worked really well for me rather than like cold email, cold calling people. When I was posting content and value online, people were coming to me going, oh, I saw your post on this. Can we have a chat? I need help. And then after a while, you know, I started building, you know, my customer base and everything. And I realized personal branding is huge. It really is because, you know, people would jump on the call with me. And that, like originally I was doing broader marketing services. I wasn't just doing strategy. I was offering like Facebook ads and things. Yeah. And, and they were like, you just sound like every other marketing agency. And I was like, oh my goodness. Something's got to change. Something. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And that that's was you. The, that's the trap. Yeah. And then I, and that's how I kind of ended up in personal branding. Wow. Uh, amazing. So what kind of people would be, would you work best with now? So the, so the best businesses are ones that have some sort of educational content or information-based content. So financial planners, accountants, business coaches, virtual CFOs, who else do I work with? Um, outsourced IT companies, um, anything where they're offering a service, but there's some educational element. Having said that, I am absolute advocate that a doctor should build their personal brand, that a commercial house painter could build their personal brand. Um, and I've actually seen that happen. So those kind of businesses absolutely could do it. And there's some interesting research saying um, that was conducted in the US last year of saying who should have a personal brand. And it was like my doctor, my employer, my coach, my financial planner, yeah. all these people should have a personal brand. Okay. But any, or like also larger businesses I work with, I help them, their sales team build their personal brand as well. Okay, cool, cool. So really anyone in those categories listening right now, they need to hit you up. That would yeah, be- Or like market, like I work with a lot of marketing agencies and working with a design studio. Mm-hmm. A marketing, like a web agencies, anyone like that, where personal branding would really help them to differentiate, especially if it's a really saturated market, SEO agencies come to me as well. Okay. Mm. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, I have a bit of a hypothetical question to ask you. Yeah. Because see, I may or may not have a time machine here in New Hampshire. (laughs) So let's say you come visit the States, visit Boston, get some lobster, get some beer, and then you try out the time machine. 
right? And mm-hmm. it's a particular kind because it goes back and you get to visit yourself. You get to meet yourself, younger you. You get to meet yourself a few days after university, you know, early 20s. You get to meet that version of you, that Louise. What do you say to yourself? What kind of advice do you give yourself? Um, I think that a couple of things never stop learning. Cause I did was a, definitely a period in my corporate career where I was probably a bit too cruisy, you know, in the beginning, you're really hungry. You read a lot of books. You're learning a lot. I read all the greats, um, you know, marketing greats. And then as you start to learn the job and you kind of get a bit comfortable, sometimes your thirst for knowledge can kind of wave, wane a bit. So I'd say, keep totally. going, keep moving. Don't stay in a job too long. If it's not challenging you or, or you, you're not growing, move on, move forward um, and then figure out um, more quickly, like where you want to get to in your career. Like if you want to start your business, start it earlier. Don't wait. Don't stay in corporate so long, like as long as I did. I wish I'd done, I'd broken off earlier. Okay. Gotcha. Love that. Love that. Man, this is so good. Um, where can people reach out to you if they want to connect with you? They, they are in those categories earlier. They want to talk yeah. personal branding or just to hit you up professionally. Yeah, sure. So I'm on LinkedIn. Um, so you can find me under Louise Booth. Uh, okay. I'm also on Facebook and I have a, like a group on Facebook on personal branding and uh, my website, gohudsondigital.com. So good. Uh, man, I've learned so much from you today. Thank you so much. I'm glad we were able to connect on this because it's one thing, and we've, we've chatted so many times before, but to, to learn from you, I literally feel like a masterclass. I actually feel like I need a beer too. Um, <laughs> there's a lot here. I can see why people pay you to help them uh, figure this out, but then also execute it. But at the same time, the picture is much more clear to me on branding in general and executing that, but also personal brand and and how to make it a whole brand, not just a, a sliver, a TikTok thing. It's like, no, this full big picture of myself, the reputation diamond. Anyhow, thank you so much for coming on yeah. here. Yeah, no, I loved it. Thank you. And for those listening, if you've learned something, and I freaking know you have, because I literally have two pages of notes over here, front and back, then share this with someone else. Be a thought leader. This is the beginning to your personal brand sharing this, curating this content today. And then from there, sky's the limit. So share this episode. Again, Louise, thank you so much for being on here. Thank you. All right, everyone. This has been another exciting episode, mind-blowing episode of the Hardcore Marketing Show. We'll catch you all next time.